Look before you seat. Turn your neighbor, say it's so glad to see you here this morning, then you can take a seat. All right, let's get it out of the way. Michigan State fans, how you doing this morning? All right, that's enough. Okay, we're moving on. Well, welcome to part five of our series that we're on, prayer, knowing and experiencing God. This has been our prayer all along in this series that Holy Spirit will awaken us to a reality that there is more for us, and it's going to begin with prayer. And I know a room this size, there's all different sorts of people where they are in their prayer life. And I want to show you four areas where you may be in this morning regarding prayer. So look at this list, maybe put a little check mark in your mind, where you might fall this morning. And of course the list could be massive, I could come up with more, but I just condensed it down to these four. And Just think where you are personally in your prayer life. Um, let me turn on the clicker, here we go. Here's the first one. I don't pray much at all. Maybe, maybe that's some of us here this morning. I pray, but I'm not sure what I'm doing. And that's reality. I'm actually hearing more and more of those who follow after Jesus say, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. Maybe for some of us, I, I don't pray consistently. It's just here and there. There's no consistency in my life. Or maybe it's I pray consistently, but I wish... I could go to the next level. That you know, man, I know there is more in my prayer life. So wherever you are, this morning, I want us all to ask the same question as we get into God's word. And the question is this, what's one step I can take for my prayer life to go to the next level? And our next steps are all going to be different because some of you are in deep intimacy right now with your prayer life. I'm just asking, what is that one more step to take it even to the deeper level? Maybe for some of us, it's I don't pray at all. Maybe your one step is, I'm going to pray tomorrow morning. Just what's one step to take your prayer life to the next level? This is part five of our series so far, and we've kind of made a blanket statement of how we are defining prayer. And it's this, you've seen it every week. God has chosen to make prayer the path to his presence, his power, and purpose. His presence, his power, and his purpose. You have to understand this, you need all three in your life. You need God's presence, you need God's power, you need his purpose. You need direction, you need power, in order to defeat some things that you are facing in your life. And yes, the presence of God. Do we have him as followers of Jesus because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you? Absolutely. But think about what prayer is. It's communicating to God. You and I, when we pray conversationally with God, you and I enter the throne room. Woo! That's pretty powerful. And I want us to know before we look into God's word Please hear me. Prayer is powerless until you pray. Pastor Brandon, I, I told him this. He said, you should walk off the stage right now. <laughs> Think about that. Prayer is powerless until you pray. And you want the power of God. My question is, are you communicating to your heavenly father who's waiting there to listen to you, but also give you things? Prayer's two ways. 
I wonder how many times we just babble on to God. And then we say, amen, we're done. And then we move on and God's like, I never got a word out. I, all I needed you to do is listen and I was going to give you the answer to your problem, but you moved too quickly. Now, let me say this another way. A prayerless life is a powerless life. Whew. You guys awake this morning? It's a little warm in here. Thank you. Come on. We're just trying to go to the next level in our prayer life. And God delights in prayer. Why? Because you're communicating to your heavenly father. Wouldn't it be weird if you had a kid and the kid never talked to you? Like think about, I mean, growing up. I know, I know they're wayward, wayward children, right? And we just don't have a relationship with them at, at, anymore. And we're praying for that. But growing up, can you imagine from zero to 18 as that child lives in your house, they never said a word to you? That would be a really awkward relationship. Don't take that awkwardness into our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He delights. We have to move prayer from duty to delight. That's not even on my slides. You should just write that down. you got to move prayer from duty to delight. Duty to delight. Check out the, some of these quotes. I love this about the power of prayer. This is um, by Gil Steetsgill. Uh, he wrote a book called Spiritual Disciplines of a Christian, and he uses the, the word Christian as an acronym. And he says this, Prayer is establishing a vital connection with the living God. Too often, prayer is approached as a laundry list spoken into the air, hoping something in the cosmos will listen. To really pray with depth is to be transformed in the process of communicating with the ultimate being, God. That you're being transformed. You're not just hoping, God, I hope this falls upon your ears and I hope you're even out there listening. No, I truly believe that the God of this universe, the creator, my heavenly father, is hearing my prayers right now. And God, not just hear, but transform me. There's power in prayer. Here's another. Richard Foster wrote a book on spiritual disciplines. And he says this, real prayer is life creating and life changing. And that's where I want us to move to. I want us to move from this idea that prayer is this boring, monotonous duty thing that we must do in our faith to I can't wait to pray. I can't wait to delight in the Lord and talk to him and receive words from him as well. So you're going to ask to me two questions this morning. I know you are. So here's the first question. I want to answer your questions. Number one, then how do I even start praying? Where do I begin? I, I want the power. I want the, prep, uh, the presence. I want God's purpose in my life. But where do I start praying? And there are so many formulas, and not formulas. I shouldn't say formulas. I should say um, frameworks to pray. Some of you have heard the framework of acts. It means adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. It's a framework to prayer. I'm just going to give you an, a framework of how I often approach prayer for you. And that will, hopefully, Lord willing, that will help us in understanding uh, how do I start praying. So I need, uh, let's have this section say up on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. This section say in. Oh, man, this section, you, you guys are better. Let's try one more time. You guys are what? Up. Up. You guys are around. You guys are forward. Never told you what you guys were. Okay, ready? So what? you guys are what? Up. 
<laughs> We're going to do it one more time, just because it's fun. It's fun, and my team lost yesterday. All right, you ready? You guys are what? There you go. How do I start praying? You pray up, pray in, pray around, pray forward. Pray up, pray in, pray around, pray forward. Up, in, around, forward. Up, in, around, forward. And I'm going to break these down and give you a framework for some of us who are wondering, how do I start praying? So let's begin by looking at pray up. Pray up. What do you do in the moments when you begin praying? I always, and I think we all should do this, that you should pray up. Begin elevating your view of God. Begin to elevate your view of God. Start your prayer life. Start vertical. Get your eyes towards heaven. Elevate your view of God. The psalmist writes this in Psalm 46.10. Be still. Let's repeat these two words together. Ready? Be still. In other words, just cease striving. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. I don't know about you. I find it in my own personal life very difficult to be still. I'm always doing and going after things. And here's an issue. If you are like me and you're always doing things and striving after things and things are going in play, you will begin to think you're the one making it all happen. And why would you pray? Because truly, we wouldn't say this, but truly we think, I am God. I'm making everything work. Do I really need to even communicate to the Heavenly Father? And it's very, very difficult. Uh, where's Caleb? Is Caleb here? Caleb's in the back. Caleb's missing his cue. He's supposed to come out here right now. He will now, see? <laughs> All right, you but Wait, I thought I heard the door. There you are. There you are, Caleb. All right, thank you, Caleb. Caleb. Be still. You begin your prayer life by prayer up, elevating the view of God. I never leave this part until my heart gets right with God. Until my heart knows who my God is. And as Caleb begins to get strapped up, even the disciples of Jesus ask him the question found in Luke chapter 11, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Even though they've seen Jesus do all these incredible things. Teach us to pray as John the Baptist taught his disciples. And he says this, he, Jesus, said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. This you are great. And you remind yourself that God is the way maker. He's the miracle worker. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. That's who I'm praying to and that is who you are, God. You are the comforter. You are my sustainer. You are my provider. And I get the pressures of the world. When I understand my pressures, it looks very small to the way maker. You always start by praying up, elevating your view of God. Pray the names of God. 
Go over, over in your head. God, you've been so good. I thank you for that answered prayer because you are the provider. I thank you so much in that moment when I needed the peace of God. You were my comforter. And you are amazing, God. You are the loving, gracious God. And I will worship you. Don't leave before you go to your laundry list. Don't leave here. Pray up. Elevate your view of God. And I will, thank you, Caleb, I will sit here until my view of God is right. And it may be a wrestling match sometimes. It's a wrestling match because you know why? I've got things to do. But I have tried so hard to discipline myself that I will always begin praying up, elevating my view of God. I will not leave until, I'm, until I know my heart is right. God, you are who you say you are. And that leads me to the second one. After we pray up and we elevate our view of God, we pray in. We pray what, friends? You pray in. This is where God searches me and fills me. You know why you start with the worship? You start with elevating God? Because when you get a very clear picture of who God is, you get a clearer picture of who you are. Have you ever gone and worked out at a gym? And you may think you're buff, but then you get into the gym and you realize, mm, nope, not buff at all. I'm not strong. You know, I, I'm six foot six. I go to an NBA game. I think I'm tall until I get to an arena and realize I'm not tall. These players are way, I mean, I'm like, the, uh, I'm like a point guard in the NBA at my height. Uh, but in basketball, I'm, I'm playing with you guys, I'm center. It's like, it's just different. I'm not tall anymore because I realize, wow, you get into that space. So you worship and elevate your view of God. And then you realize, wow, there are things inside of me that are not like you, God. And you begin, the psalmist says this, search me, God, and know my heart. And those are scary moments sometimes. And I'll be honest, because sometimes you know what's inside of you. And sometimes you don't want to deal with those things because you realize who you, how you've actually missed the mark. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 reads this, For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life, a life that's set apart from the world. This is why I ask God, search me. What's going on inside of me that is impure, that's not holy to a holy God? 1 Peter writes about this idea too. He says this, But just as he, God, who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So in those moments after worshiping and elevating, you pray up and elevate the view of God. I pray in, it says, God, reveal to me things that are far from you. Where my heart is just, it's off. And sometimes in those moments, God says, Ryan, you let anger come in. In those moments, I confess those. And I know that what John in 1 John says this, if we confess our sins, this is when God reveals things and you're like, wow, I'm so sorry, Lord. 
if we confess he, God, is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And he will purify us from all unrighteousness. This is where I say, Jesus, just forgive me of your sins, of my sins. This is every morning I asked from Jesus, I said, Jesus, will you clothe me in righteousness? And I thank you for dying on the cross for me for the forgiveness of my sins as you reveal things that are just off the mark in my own life. It's in that moment that God is searching you and you pray in that confession happens. And you gotta know this, prayer invites us into confession which leads us to forgiveness. And it's in those moments that I don't only just confess, I praise Jesus for what he did on the cross for me. It's a daily reminder all the time. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. And then I pray for God's filling. I pray every day, Holy Spirit, fill me and overflow. In, in Ephesians, uh, as, he's, as Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, it reads this, don't get, drunk on, don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion. Instead, be filled continually. Be filled continually. It's a, a fresh outpouring with the Holy Spirit. So after I elevate my view of God and pray up, I pray in and ask God to search my heart, reveal things that is happening within me. I confess, I ask for forgiveness, and I pray that God's filling would happen. I think that order matters because God can't fill an unclean vessel. So I always pray, Jesus, forgiveness. Search, forgiveness, now fill. And I need it. I don't know, I, I coach middle school boys uh, football. Uh, they stink horribly. <laughs> I always tell them, on, especially bus rides, on, when we're coming from away games, I'm like, boys, let me introduce you to deodorant. It will go a long way, especially if you're ever going to want to pick up girls. Just put on deodorant, right? There is a certain aroma of middle school boys during the football season. It's not pleasant, but I suffer through it. It's a smell I don't care for. And I promise you, probably none of us would care for. So after I pray, God, search me, confess in forgiveness. Holy Spirit, now fill me. Here's my other prayer when I pray in. For we are the, can we read these three words together? For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved. Amongst our brothers and sisters, you are the aroma of Christ. And to those who are perishing, those who are far from God, you are the aroma of Christ. I don't want us to be stinky middle school football players. I want you and I to smell like Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and say, smell like Jesus. Did you know scent is one of the most important uh, triggers that we have pertaining to our memory and our emotional centers in our brain? Neuroscientist says that taste, your taste, that 80% of your taste is from smell. Isn't that we did? I, I was blown away when I read that. 80% of our taste, aroma accounts for 80% of our taste. I mean, you and I know, walk with me on a warm summer day, an ice cream shop, 
and you smell fresh baked waffle cones. Mmm. I mean, you may not even want to eat it, but you know the smell? Mmm, the smell, it smells good. I mean, we're entering the, the holiday season, right? I mean, tomorrow is November 1st already. Crazy. Soon, it's going to be Thanksgiving and we're going to enter Christmas. And you know Thanksgiving and those pies are cooking. Whoo! And maybe for some of us, it brings back memories of our childhood growing up and the smell of our grandparents or our parents' house, whatever that may be. My prayer now, God, search me. And as he searches my soul, I confess, forgive. God, fill me. Now may I be the aroma of Christ. May I be a good aroma. One, that people will be drawn, that who are thirsty be drawn to the living water. People who are hungry would be drawn to the bread of God, the bread of life. That's my prayer for our church, that as you go throughout your day, working alongside of people, that you would smell like Jesus. You would smell good. That when the world looks at you, they say, there's something different about you. Why, did you smell me? It's the aroma of Christ. You pray up, we pray in. God, search me, fill me. May I have the aroma of Christ. Here's the third one. You pray around. Oh, remember we're asking the question, what's one step I can take for my prayer life to go to the next level? What's one step to take? Here's the third framework. Pray around. Pray what? Pray around. You pray for those around you. Pretty simple. I meant to grab one, but right outside that wall, right before or actually right when you walk out those doors there, there's a card called an Oikos card. Eight to 15 people in your sphere of influence that God has surrounded you with. And I have mine filled out and I pray for those people that are just in my life that may be far from God. I pray for people around me. I pray for relationships. I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids every morning. I pray for my, my neighbors. I pray for my coworkers. And they need a lot of prayer. I love them. I pray with, for relationships where, you know what, I'm, I miss the mark, God, and I just need, I, I need to forgive them, and I just haven't done that. I pray for people around. This is a moment where I also pray desperately for people who are around me in my oikos, which just means extended family in the Greek. Uh, I pray for the lost in this moment. Because here's a verse that's so true. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, read this. It reads this way. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. I pray for lost people every single morning. And my prayer is, God, that you would bind the God of this age that's blinding them. I pray that for my lost family and friends and neighbors that there is a veil, a spiritual veil that is blinding them in the demonic spiritual realm that you and I can't see, they are, it's a veil. I pray that that veil would be lifted. I pray every morning that if there's scales on the eyes, that scales like Saul becoming Paul, scales would begin to fall off their eyes. And I pray for two things. They would see you and know you. See you and know you. See you and know you. I pray this verse over lost people every single morning. Pray around. There are people in your life that, oh, need your prayer. 
pray around. Here's the last one. You pray forward. Pray forward. And I think for most of us, our prayer life is probably almost all this. And I end my prayer life with this. This is when I pray for my pressures, my problems, my plans, and direction. Notice the sequence. God, I elevate you first because you are God and I'm not. God, there are things in me that don't look like you. I confess them. I ask for forgiveness. I pray that Holy Spirit would pour your presence out greater and I would have your aroma. I pray for everyone else around me that I have interactions with. And finally, I'm going to pray for my stuff, if you will. The laundry lists. And the problem is we just bring the laundry lists first. And sometimes that's all we bring. This is where, yeah, Lord, um, I prayed this this morning. Lord, I got plans for tonight. Bless my plans, but I'm willing to change for your plans. God, there's some things that are stirring in my heart for our city and this church. Lord, I need greater direction now. If I'm needed to press into that more and, take, and you take the church where I truly believe you're going to take us. I mean, how bad are you and I when we are about a 9 out of 10 in pressure in life? Right? You don't even want to be around people who are a 9 out of 10 in pressure. They're just not fun people anymore. You may be one of them. This is why we begin to pray, God, I have so much stress in my life now. I just need you as I elevated you up as my provider, my sustainer, my comforter. I need you now in this moment. The pressures are too great. As the writer of uh, Proverbs says this, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And everything I have, God, they're yours. And if you want to mess them up, you get to. And help me have a spirit that's okay with that. What's the framework that I use? Pray up, pray in, pray around, pray forward. Pray up, pray in, pray around, pray forward. God is inviting us, friends, into something. Prayer is not religious. Prayer is not a duty. Prayer is not a box just to check to say, yep, I did it. Prayer is a conversation to have and a relationship to build on. It's a conversation, a loving conversation to have and a relationship to build on. Your heavenly father deeply desires to have a stronger relationship with you. So let me ask the last question as I land the plane. Ryan, thanks for at least giving us some guidance. But when do I pray? When do all this? I have two gears in my prayer life. Park and drive. Park and drive. So let me talk real briefly. Let me tell you how drive works. Drive is very conversational. It's very brief. It's like a running dialogue with God throughout the day. It's just constant. Um, I live, this is where I try to live into 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And I'm going to show you a ton of translations so you get how to possibly live into this. It, remember, drive is quick and brief. I'm leading into, I'm heading into a meeting. Dear God, I need your wisdom as I head into this meeting. Or I'm, I'm with my kids and I pray with my kids every day on the way to school. I ask them one thing, what's on your heart that I can pray for? If they say nothing, I do a quick prayer over them, drop them off at, at school. God, I'm headed into the office. May anything that I, is not of you, may I leave it, not bring it into the office. 
quick, brief, conversational with God, a running dialogue. And I try to live into this. This is 1 Thessalonians 5.17 with a bunch of different translations. But I want you to see how to live this out. Pray continually. Pray constantly. Pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Or the Passion Translation, make your life a prayer. Do you see? How do I, how do, I do that? Just live in the drive of running dialogue with God. Quick, God, I'm, I'm driving. And when you drive actually in a car, I meant drive like my life is just going, right? I don't mean, please don't ever close your eyes and drive like legit, like, oh, Pastor Ryan said I gotta pray right now, God. You know, probably 90% of the time I pray, my eyes are open. I mean, why, why do we close our eyes in prayer? Eliminate distractions. And if you're distracted a lot, just close your eyes, just not when you're actually in a car driving. It's a running dialogue with God. Quick, brief conversations. God, I need you here. God, I, I'm doing this. God, I got to go to that person who's very much smarter than I, at least give me a little bit of wisdom. God, may I give, give me ears to hear what they have to say. I know some, where some of you live. Every time I drive by your house, God, I pray for your anointing and your blessing on their life. Just quick, quick and brief, running dialogue. But here's the last one, park. I park. Park is when I stop, shut all things down. This is the deeper intimacy prayers. For me, my park is every single morning before I do any activity I shower, I get dressed, I have coffee, and I sit down and park. I have my quiet time, but that's that moment of deep intimacy. That's where I truly use that pray up, pray in, pray forward, pray around, pray forward. This is much longer, much more intimate. This is where there is nothing else. It's not a running dialogue. It's just me and God. And sometimes I sit in silence and say, speak God for your servants listening. Other times I turn on the worship music and I just sit in it to get my mind right with you, God. To elevate you as I enter into this prayer time with you. Because I know there's a truth. And I want you to know this truth. In 1 Peter 5.8 says, your enemy the devil prowls around like a, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And I don't want the devil to devour you. You matter too much in the kingdom of God. You matter to this church. You matter to God. You matter to this community. You matter to your family and your neighbors. Don't let the devil devour you. And you got to know this last statement. The most difficult person to lead is yourself. And I know you're looking at your neighbor and say, wow, it must be real difficult for you. <laughs> but this is where I just park it and say, God, I need you. Pray up, pray in, pray around, pray forward. So let me ask the question one more time. What's one step I can take? for my prayer life to go to the next level. It's up to you, friends. 
I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. You will be as close to God as you want to be. It's your choice. It's our church, it's the Radiant Life's prayer that you will be as close to God as you possibly can be here on earth. But you gotta want it. And God has made that path to him. It's a thing called prayer. Just communicating with your heavenly father. So I'm gonna ask you guys to stand with me as we close in the one last song. But I wanna pray for us before we close in with this one last song. What's one step, one step that we all can take to go to the next level in our prayer life? So let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing a song called Do It Again. Let that be a revival in your heart. That God, I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. So Heavenly Father... Thank you for prayer. Thank you that we get to commune with you, to have a conversation with a God who loves us, who's full of grace, who's full of mercy. And God, all over the place, we are in different areas of our prayer life. God, I pray as we go throughout the week that you would stir something deeper in us, more intimacy. What's that one step, Lord, that we can take to deepen our prayer life. Take it to the next level. Lord, I pray that you would reveal that to us. I pray that we would be a church, that we would be a people, that we would be a community that's more hungry for the presence of God, more hungry for your purpose and plans in our life, more hungry for your presence in our marriages, for your presence in our family, for your presence in our workplaces, and your presence in this community. May we be the church that's on our knees, praying for revival to come. We pray, God, that you would do it again in the name of Jesus. Amen.